Hello, this is Zach. <laughs> Hello. Woo! No, you're... Oh. Hey, today we're going to be talking about small businesses and the Spartan Race. Okay, this intro is much longer than I remember it being, so... Okay. Yeah, so like I said, what we're going to be talking about today is um, small businesses and my Spartan race, and we'll probably also touch on... Is it still going? ...rule of life and personal mission statement. Still going? (laughs) Yeah, there's something that's still going. (laughs) Okay, just didn't know if I was going crazy there, but... Okay, hello. All right. How was your week? Well, um, pretty good week, I would say. Uh, I am trying... Well, this isn't about the previous week, I guess, but this is about tomorrow, which when you listen to this, it will be today. But Monday, I'm going to try to... Start out the day with something fun with the kids because Mondays are always difficult for me because it's like a weekend of having Zach home and then not having to parent by myself all weekend and then going back to like, you know, just all three kids and me by myself is just hard mentally for me. So I always am like grumpy on Mondays, but going to do something fun tomorrow. So I'm thinking about that and I'm excited for that and trying to go into it with a a good attitude so that I'm... Are you going to run tomorrow? Yes. I want to. All right. I'm waking up at 6.30. Okay. We don't need to talk about this right now, but okay. Um, Her eyes rolled to the back of her head around the world, past the equator and back. My eyeballs just rolled right off my head. Um... (laughs) Anyways, I really can't remember anything from this last week. Um, so that's why I'm talking about the future. <laughs> but oh, one one thing that's been difficult is Finley. Yeah, four months sleep been, regression. No, no, we're not going to take it back. We are not going to you name said it, it and in, claim it. You said it in the car. I didn't say you it said, to the whole world. I didn't believe it before, but now I believe it. No, I believed it. I just was like, I'm not going to speak that over our child. And now it, I mean, she's definitely teething. So I think that has something to do with it. But there have been three very rough nights this week. And I will just save that for when she really needs it. It's melting. And I am over it. But, um, yeah, so I'm running on very little sleep. So that's difficult. But other than that, uh, not much to complain about. It's been a pretty good week. Yeah. What about you? My week was fine. I had some stuff at work. And let's see. It's been a hard parenting week, I think. Yeah. Oh, and Fernie was sick this week. Yeah, too. Fern was sick, and Forrest has just been having like a weird thing. 
weird attitude situation. Yeah. Which is very unlike him. He's normally, like, very obedient and kind and helpful. And this week he started getting, like... Sassy. Yeah. And, like, fighting us on everything. Yeah, he would just, like, argue everything. Like, things you don't even need to argue. Yeah, but it was almost like it was, like, subconscious to him. I'm like, where is this coming from? So, yeah, that was that was frustrating. And he got in a lot of trouble, which made the week difficult. I always tell yeah. him, like, buddy, I don't want to have to give you consequences. I don't understand, like, why you keep acting like this and you don't change. You say that you're sorry, but, yeah, anyways, so that's... um. That's been a little difficult. And then I had my first Spartan race on Saturday. So that uh, we'll save for later. Okay. So you wanted to talk about small businesses because there is three weeks until Christmas. And we're trying to be purposeful and intentional with our spending for Christmas. Mm -hmm. As well as what companies we support. Yes. And ideally, we would have, you know, talked about this and done an episode before Black Friday and, like, Small Business Snatterday and all that, but... uh, Small Business Snatterday. Small Business Snatterday. But here we are. Um, I think we kind of talked about this last week a little bit. But this year for Christmas, we are, like, we've never really done, like, a Christmas budget. Like, we've had ideas like we're going to have a Christmas budget, but then we just bought whatever we wanted anyways and didn't really pay attention to it. Um, you hear that noise? It's Finley chewing on her frozen teething ring. <laughs> She's like, Arr. and also Charlie panting. So <laughs> it's just a lot of noise pollution happening. I'm so sorry. Very difficult to um, edit these. Anyways. So yeah, Christmas budget, being intentional with Gift giving and, um, uh, well, first of all, I feel like with, uh, with Christmas comes a lot of obligation and like some of that is like, it just can't be helped. You know, like you get put into name drawings where you have to buy a gift for somebody or, you know, stuff like that where it's like, yes, okay. Some of it is obligation and that obligation just really bothers me i don't know i don't know that just really bothers me the idea of like it's it's funny it really bothers you but it doesn't really bother me because i think that i've just come to accept it i think you have as an eight you would assume that i would like just be all up in arms and pissy about it well i'm not being pissy about it i know i'm not saying that you are along with it up like I've gone along with it every year, basically since we've been married. So this will be our sixth Christmas as married couple being in, you know, in that part of the obligations. And I know it's fun, you know, it's fun to do gift exchanges and stuff like that. But I think that the part of the obligation that's tricky is we feel like we have to, (laughs) um, we feel like we have to get gifts for people. And obviously, if you're drawing someone's name, you do have to get a gift for them, you know. But we feel like with other people in our life, oh, I have to get this person a Christmas gift. Or they will think I hate them or whatever we say there. And I've done that for sure. Like, I, 
get stressed because I'm like, oh, I haven't gotten a gift for this person yet. I haven't gotten a gift for this person. What am I going to get them now? I have to find something to get them. And I, I feel that stress so often, but I think that that is also what causes us to just like find anything we can get them. You know what I mean? Like anything we can scramble for to get them a gift. Like, oh, I need to go on Amazon right now and, and get something for them because I haven't gotten them anything yet. Maybe that's why I've never really been stressed about it is because most of my gift giving has been obligational. Um, I think all of your gift giving is obligational. <laughs> like, to be fair. Yeah, well, and you've just come to terms with it because you know – well, I think that people do the, expect gifts. Yeah, this is just what is expected. I mean, yeah. like, it. obviously I would want to get you Christmas gifts. Well, I should hope so. That's pretty much the only person in, like, the past... Besides our kids. Yeah, besides our kids in, yeah. the, like, the past four years. Actually, this year is the first time I got someone a Christmas present that's not on my list. That's not on your list. What do you mean? That, like, I don't have to get a Christmas present for. Oh. Yeah. Well, and you did that because why? Why did you do that? Because I just thought of them. Exactly. You thought of them. So, like, my friend, I'm getting my friend this cookbook that I know that she's wanted. And I saw it, and I'm like, yes, this is, I know exactly what I'm getting her because I know that she has been wanting it. And, like, other things in other gifts that I'm getting, I'm I'm trying to, um, like, basically do the same thing. And I know that we can't feel that way about every person and every gift that we get, but we can, we can be more intentional with the gifts that we're buying. And that's why I wanted to talk about small businesses on this because um, I feel like the things from small businesses are so often, like, at least for me, it's easier for me to, like, see the, the fun, unique things that a small business has or that, like, an artist has or someone on Etsy or whatever and be like, oh, this person would love this and, you know, like, stuff like that. So... Yeah, and it's not mass-produced, so you would typically like it because it would be more unique. Yeah, it's more unique, and I know that speaks a lot to me being an Enneagram 4, but I think that every person who is, who is like, receiving a gift wants to know that they were thought of. You know, like, sometimes I get a gift. I can definitely tell that I it was an obligation gift, and they just felt like they had to buy one for me. because One time for Christmas, I literally got tidy whities not not from me. No, not from Hannah. <laughs> but it was just like, oh, wow, great. Thanks. <laughs> like, you can tell when people are, like, scrambling. And then it's like, okay, if you're having – if you feel that sense of obligation to give me a gift and you're just like, oh, whatever, and you just take something and throw it at uh, me. Get some dish rags. They're on sale. Yes. And you just you basically pick up the first thing you can find just so you can say, okay, I checked that person off my list. Then it's like, I really don't need that thing. Do you know what I mean? So – and and I'm trying to be as kind as I can about this because I know that people – sometimes people genuinely do try. And and you can usually tell when people are genuinely trying, you know. Even if they miss it, you can tell when they have put effort into that gift. So, And that's when the thought – it's the thought that counts. Yes, exactly. Like I can tell that this person thought that I would like this. Like my mom last year – I think I've mentioned this before but my mom is really good at gift giving because she knows people really well like she's good at um getting to know people and obviously as her daughter she knew me 
So I always looked forward to the gift for my mom every year at Christmas because I knew that it was going to be something that I loved and even not even something that I necessarily had wanted, but then I, I loved it because she knew like so much about me that she knew I would love it. Anyways. So last year or a couple years ago, she got me, um, Scandinavian knitting books. So it's like knitting designs, like Scandinavian knitting designs, basically patterns. And I loved, sorry, Finley's throwing stuff. I loved it so much. And it's like, that was like so memorable for me because she knew that I would like it. She saw it, knew I would like it. She knew me and, and I loved it. And so I think that the thing, at least for me, when, when giving and receiving gifts, it's more about feeling known than the actual gift. Like I could have bought that book myself, right? Like I could have, I, if I came across it, I probably would have bought it myself, but it's the fact that she knew me so well and knew I would like it and got it for me that that's what was so meaningful for me. So anyways, we had this long talk on one of our walks about how it's really not about the actual thing, but it's about feeling known and understood and for you. Yeah. For me, I know that's not that way for everybody, but some people just want cash. Yeah. And just that's give me money. That's fair too. Like that's, okay to ask for that too i think well i don't know depends on Especially who you're asking if you have a bunch of people who are going to give you dish rags and whatever is on sale next to the cash register yeah just definitely give me money yeah and because then you could put that money towards something that you really want um but yeah or what we what a, another thing we were talking about is it's especially hard christmas christmas is hard being parents because yes you don't – it's a difficult conversation to navigate with your parents about, hey, we don't want the kids to have more junk. Mm-hmm. Like, please no more toys. No – And as grandparents and, and other people in the family, they want to do that. You know, they want to get – it's fun to get kids gifts. Everybody knows that. So that is, like – that is really hard to convey that without, like – coming off as being ungrateful or killjoy or whatever, you know, like we want them to be able to give our kids something because they want to, but it's, it's hard because we don't want a bunch of like plastic toys that they're not going to play with and that we're going to donate next well, month. Well, one or... of the things that we recognize is that time is the most valuable asset that we have mm-hmm. and that we can give to our kids right now. And so I would much rather prefer that our parents give our kids some sort of experience or some of their time rather yeah. than a physical item yeah. or another plastic Avengers set. Yeah. And and like other people in our family like aunts and uncles too. We've I, I've had that talk with my my sisters and my mom just about how we're trying to be really intentional and we, we don't want to just like go through in a month and, and find all the Christmas gifts that they didn't really play with and, you know, donate them. Like it's, it's difficult to maintain like clutter free. I mean, clutter free. Is that even a thing when you have three kids, but as much as we can, because it's overwhelming to them when they're looking 
to play when they have too many toys. It's overwhelming to them to figure out what they want to play with. It's overwhelming to us because there's toys everywhere and we have so much to clean up. And we do end up donating a lot of toys. Like we probably go through every month, two months, and donate toys. So it's like just if you could spend that money on like a fun date with them, take them to the zoo or take them on the train or I don't know, something like that where you're giving of your time. And it's really, truly going to be something they're going to remember because it's true. Their memories do last. And I I highly doubt Forrest could name a single thing he got for Christmas last year. Do you yeah. think? No. And that's one thing that I really appreciate. Oh, side note. Uh, you said something earlier that made me think of a book that Joshua Becker wrote. Clutter-free with kids. Yes, Clutter-free with kids. I know. but And it's a good book. And he actually does touch on this topic in that book. Oh. Good. Um, so pick that up if you're trying to navigate one of these types of conversations with your family. Um, but one thing that I did really appreciate was my sister, she came out to visit, and instead of getting Forrest a birthday present, she took him on a special date. And he has talked about that so many times, and he was yes. so excited about it. And he will remember that way more than any toy that would have cost about the same amount as yes. taking him out you know. Yeah. And that, that means so much as a parent to see like, okay, my kids, aunt and uncle are taking them on a special date to do something super fun that he definitely doesn't get to do normally. They took him mini golfing and he got to play in the arcade after. It was like, like he hasn't stopped talking about it. And that was like two weeks ago. And that's really meaningful for us to see that, like them taking that intentional step towards more of a relationship, you know, that's so meaningful. And it was super meaningful for him. And he's he is like, he can't wait until they come back so they can do the same thing again. So if you have, if you are friends with someone with kids, or if you are like, if you're an aunt or uncle and you don't have kids, just consider doing something like that. Um, like something like that. Like take the kid on a date and just do something fun with them. Take them, I don't know. There's lots of things Or you if do. you're an aunt or an uncle... Or you have family who has kids, a really easy but meaningful present would be babysitting. Let me watch your kids. Yeah. You go on a date. Yeah. Here's a coupon, guilt free. Yes, seriously. I'm, yeah, that would be, that's a really good gift. So this is actually turning way more into like about Christmas gifts in general than just small businesses. But well, I'm sure you had a list of small businesses. Well, I I mean I shared about it on my Instagram. Why small businesses? Well, I guess I because okay. I have I have some maybe not small in your definition, but smaller. Smaller. Yeah, I was that's fine. I was thinking of um, enlightened equipment, saddleback leather, and some. Uh, like independent authors mm-hmm. um, and supporting them. And one reason why I always think of Saddleback Leather for Christmas gifts is because I know the company. I talked to the the owner and founder. We had him on the podcast way back in the day. Yeah. And for I've been following them for a long time. They're a good company. They treat their employees really well. Their stuff is made to they, last. They – do a lot of nonprofit work um, and supporting. They have their own like charity, and 
all their stuff is like super high quality. So why would you not want to support a company like that? When when your values align with their values and it's a high quality product that you know is going to last forever, like why wouldn't you support something like that? Well, I think that the main reason is money. I think that's the main reason why someone would not be able to support a small business over like Amazon or something. And I understand that, but that's what I was getting at way back like 20 minutes ago when I was meeting, when I was talking about our Christmas budget. Like if you're intentional and you can plan ahead and you plan for these things, like I'm going to invest. Like you set up acorns last year like we told you to. Yes, seriously. We'll share the link again in case you want to do that for next year. But um, By the way, I think we, we've used it. We've emptied it out twice this year, but we, we have $600. So that's our Christmas budget. Mm-hmm. So we we planned ahead. We have this. So now we, we know how much we can spend. And if we want to do anything extra, we're going to have to sell stuff to get money for that. So that was partly what I was getting back, getting at way back then. But um, yeah, the small businesses. Another another reason why I think it's great to support small businesses. Um, and, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff about Amazon right now, like a lot of bad stuff out there about Amazon, about Jeff, what's his butt being the richest man to ever live or whatever. He bought a Boston Dynamics robot dog. Okay. You remember those robot dog videos I showed you? <gasps> <laughs> okay, those are funny. We'll have to link those because they're so funny. Wow. No, dude, stop. <laughs> um, like there's a lot of bad stuff about Amazon and I, yes, okay, whatever. But the main reason that I have a problem with Amazon is, okay, so you get, you're all like looking, everyone's giving gifts. Everyone's trying to find out what to get for someone. So you're like, everyone share your Amazon list. Okay. And we've been doing this for the last like five, six Christmases, whatever. We just share our, our Amazon wish list with people and people just buy stuff off of it. And Which that's sweet. Cause that's exactly what I wanted. And I'm super picky. Okay. It's sweet. It's not sweet. I mean, it's like a good deal for you. <laughs> That's where we differ, I think. I mean, one of the many ways where we differ. But but to me, it just seems like I'm just literally just running an errand for you. Like, I'm just – okay, I'm, I'm going to buy your protein powder instead of you buying it this month. You know, it's yeah, like – Yeah, but it's not, it's not like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? I need some protein powder. It's like, no, I want this brand, this size – yeah. Or no, it's well, protein powder is a bad example, but it'd be like, okay, I need a guitar tuner. I want this yeah, one. Yeah, I guess that's fair because you're you're. Specific. I've already done the research. You know nothing about guitar tuners. Buy me this one. Okay, and in in like for me and him, like having that kind of a uh, like specificness is good because of how picky he is. But with most people, I that is it just rubs me the wrong way because it does it feels like okay well here i need some of these and some of these whatever i don't know if you were like i need some black jeans and someone's like perfect okay well jinko jeans it is yeah (laughs) i would never here's some black jeggings that i got that's but that's the reason why i didn't really tell anybody what i wanted for christmas this year because i don't i'm not trying to be mysterious (laughs) i really just want like I want an experience with them. I want a kind letter. Like, I want them to write a letter to me. Like, literally, the meaningful things is what I care about. Because for the most part, if I want something, I can save up my money and buy it myself. Or I can just buy it myself. You know, like, I don't 
I don't know. Oh, I want to know if other people feel the same way I do. And I'm sure that a lot of people feel the same way that Zach does too, because I don't know. I've just been thinking about this so much lately, but well, I want to get back to like how gift giving used to be before Amazon wish lists and before, you know, all the obligations set in and all of that, because that was the good old days. Let me ask you two kind of leading questions. What makes a company sustainable and what makes a company ethical? Okay. There are a lot of different things that go into this. I think the sustainability part, from my understanding, which could be off, is more in regards to the earth and like the sourcing for their materials and the impact, the environmental impact. I think that's what sustainability has to do with. And maybe it also has to do with like how sustainable the actual items are, like how long lasting they are. But ethical, I think, includes sustainability, but it is also inclusive of the labor and, you know, like fair labor um, fair wages, all of that. The people who are making your clothes are getting paid fair wages, getting treated good, you know, all of that. Um, but I think ethical is like more of a blanket term for like sustainability and labor and all that Mm -hmm. inside of it. I'd say that you probably should define it for yourself. And the reason why I asked about that is that's a trend. Those are two trendy terms that small businesses now are using. Yes. And big corporations are trying to get on board with. But yeah. really, ethical can mean almost anything because people have different ethics. And yeah, so you could say true. ethical is sweatshop free. Well, is all the material sweatshop free? It. And if ethical includes sustainable, to what level of sustainable are is it being measured? Because mm-hmm. you know, is it a thir- is it third party audited on an annual basis? Is it quarterly? Is it a one time thing? Know you know, like how far down the supply chain does it go? And yeah, so I don't know. It's like it's think- one thing to say like we use recycled materials. Mm-hmm. But does that really mean it's sustainable or, you know? I don't know. And so what I'm saying is those terms are like – they're basically the the new kind of marketing terms that small businesses and corporations are using to market their stuff to people like us. And I think, mm-hmm. unfortunately, a lot of people are going to fall for – they're going to – turn away from big corporations and the you know the noisy obnoxious kind of marketing and go for products that are more quote ethical and end quote sustainable uh-huh. without really doing the research doing the research and understanding and then that will just be a new marketing term yeah. that will be the new marketing trend because I, think so. I mean then there's a lot of misinformation about it like polyester is it recyclable? Recyclable. A lot of people don't think it is, but Patagonia has been recycling polyester since 1984. Like, it's not going to sit in a landfill for the rest of your life, like some people believe. It is recyclable. Plastic, same thing. 
Well, so I, I think with that, like how you're saying ethical could mean anything based on what your ethics are. That's, I think that's where people need to start doing their research because you, yeah, that's like saying it's affordable, affordable to who? Yeah, affordable exactly. What, you know, like you have to decide what's important to you. Like I shared on my stories today about an app called good on you. So this is about clothing. It's about ethical clothing, which I've been trying. <sighs> oh my gosh. I've been Finley on. feels very. I've been feeling very, like, very convicted of this for the past couple years, probably like year and a half, I would say, that I've actually been making, taking strides in this, in a right direction with this. And so this app will tell you, you can put in a company and it'll tell you, it, ba- it judges based on three things, like um, labor, its effect on the earth, and animals, like animal cruelty. So you can choose, you can filter out what's not important to you. Like if you don't care about the earth, which I mean, I don't know what to tell you if you don't care about the earth, but if you don't care about the earth, if that's not important to you in a clothing company, you can filter that out and only see results that are, you know, like when you search, you just as long as they don't have children making it in a sweatshop. Like if that's what you want, then you can filter it out to just that. Yeah. Because sometimes we can't care about all of the things. Like sometimes you're like, I, I can, my main priority is not buying clothes, not supporting companies that use child labor, which is most likely slave labor, you know? So you can have that be your main thing. And, and there it is. So you, you have to decide what's important to you in those things. And same when shopping in a small business, like there are a lot of small businesses that are, there would be considered small, but they're definitely not like like you can find any, there's so many of those small shops on Instagram, like that sell women's clothes, you know, and they're a small business and we love supporting small businesses, but that doesn't mean that they're ethical clothing because they most likely buy in bulk from a sweatshop in China. You know, like, I, I mean, I hate to, I hate to be the one that says that. Um, but in that sense, you're like, okay, so my priority is supporting a small business. Great. You are supporting the people who own that small business and that's awesome. And if you can't, if you're not like in the place to care about the other stuff, then okay, at least you're honest with yourself and you know that my priority is this, you know, but you have to know what your priority is because ethical can change based on who's saying it. Right. Anyways. (sighs) Same as sustainable because I don't think that there is a set level to judge. Like you're not going to get a 4.5 out of 5 on your sustainability rating. Mm -hmm. Like apps like that might try to do something like that. But as far as I know, there's only like one company that does audits and tells companies how – sustainable they are well there was on the podcast that i was listening to which is the bridgetown audio podcast they their most recent one i think it was just last week was on fast fashion and it was so good i listened to it today it was so convicting and it was really really good but he talked about um oh my gosh i literally just lost my train of thought what were you just talking about fast fashion sustainability like an auditing oh uh, yeah so he talked about um, I forgot the, the name of the – I'm guessing it's an auditing company, but they, they came out with this list. They they judge companies based on a couple things, like their 
the way they treat their employees, where their stuff is sourced from, traceability, like there's like a list of things that they judge on and then they give grades for that. And a lot of them have been told like you can, if you do this and this, your rating will go up. You will be a better company. (laughs) And like Urban Outfitters has been told over and over again, if you change this and if you change this, your rating will go way up and you will be you know, helping the earth, you will be stopping some terrible, bad labor situations in other countries, whatever. And they have repeatedly decided, no, we're not going to do that. So I don't know if they're an auditing company necessarily. I don't know really. I have to look more into it. But it was very interesting because they 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 put out this list and Urban Outfitters has over like year after year they get like the lowest score and urban outfitters owns anthropology and free people by the way so just keep that in mind that's sad but anyways anyways on to the next topic (laughs) do you want to talk about your spartan race i was actually going to talk about writing a rule of life and the difference between a rule of life, mission statement, and the things that we have talked about previously. Okay. Um, so previously, we've talked about the 12 areas of wellness. We've talked about writing a personal mission statement. We've talked about uh, kind of like establishing core values and things like that. Mainly basic business principles applied to your personal or family life. And I was just doing a webinar this past Friday. The topic was personal mission statement, writing a personal mission statement and writing out a personal mission statement before you write your business mission statement. And in some of the notes that I was going over, I was trying to figure out what is the difference kind of between a personal mission statement or what some people might call a vision or a life motto, or um, basically answering the questions, why do I exist, where am I going, and what do I stand for? The difference between that and a rule of life, like we had talked about last week, is that a rule of life is generally the, the habits that will build up to that personal mission statement. So if the personal mission statement is the why, the rule of life would be the how. And so, yeah, I don't know. I I have been thinking about this, that there's so many different terms and everyone uses defi- different definitions, but I'm just trying to figure out how do we like add clarity to our lives and tried writing out our own personal family mission statement and my personal mission statement and our Roomba started going so that's fun um and so yeah so I wrote out my personal mission statement version 2.0 and it is to love my family and community to inspire joy and encourage peace And then I defined joy um, and peace to include joy, including perseverance, freedom, 
and um, then peace to include hope and purpose. So that is the the mission statement side of things, and now we're still working on writing rule of life, and I've divided it into three categories. We were going to write it today, but Hannah needed some alone time. We got into a little tiff. Is that the right word? Yeah. And so she went and had some alone time, and was that good? Yeah, it was good. Um, we're going to do the rule of life tomorrow, tomorrow night. Yeah. So, but I I think that I've got a pretty good idea on how we're going to write it out. And what I'd like to do is kind of take three main areas, internal, external, and relational, and then break those up into categories, write out commitments for each of those. So if it's social, I'll say, I want to call a friend once a week, um, or write a letter once a month, or I want to have community group at our house every Friday night, or, you know, whatever it is. I want to have a guy night once a month, or have one camping trip with my buds once a year, or something like that. Those would be the commitments and under that subcategory of social, which would be underneath relational. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. So, yeah, I'll be updating the progress on writing that. But my idea is that I would take my morning ritual and my evening ritual and kind of stack habits in there that would fulfill each of those subcategories. So right now there's things that I'm already doing that are affecting multiple areas of those that are pretty much already formed habits that would support where I want to go. So, yeah. Perfect. I think it will make more sense to me if I can see it. I can, like, see it out on paper. and. Well, if you think about stuff. it right now, there's things that we want to do but we're not really doing and things that we are doing, like... We clean every night. Mm-hmm. Um, you do fun Friday. I do uh, Friday donuts. We try to do a date night every week. Mm-hmm. Um, those are mm-hmm. like already existing things. Yeah. That would fall into one of those subcategories. Mm-hmm. And what's the purpose of doing date night? <laughs> so I don't go crazy. <laughs> so we can so we connect. Can, yeah, so we can spend time together so we don't get separated and so disconnected so that we can invest in each other and spend time together and really remember like remember our relationship yeah basically so yeah so those are kind of the practices that we're already doing so why not just connect the dots to this is the area that we want to work on and this is This is our vision for our marriage. This is our vision for our parenting. And these are the habits that are going to support that vision. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Wanted to get that out there before I moved on to talking about the Spartan race. So I signed up two weeks prior. Or how how long was it? 
It was less than a month for sure. Okay. I don't know how long. Three months, three weeks. Um, three weeks ago ish, signed up for a Spartan race with my buddy in LA and neither of us had ever done it. So I started training for it, started running. I think I started running about a month ago. And I hate running. <clears throat> like, I really, really don't enjoy running. But I wanted to be more disciplined. And I viewed this as kind of an achievement goal um, to give me inspiration and accountability to practice my habit goals. So that would be running every single day. If I don't, I knew if I didn't run every single day coming up to the Spartan race, that that would really suck to do the Spartan race. So I started running. Uh, my goal was a 10 minute mile um, was within the first week and then the second week to have a nine minute mile. And then the third week I wanted to do a uh, two miles averaging 10 mile, 10 minutes. And then the I, then after that, I didn't really have any plan, but I but I ended up running three miles, um, averaging eight minutes, and or seven minutes. I forgot. Anyways, I did the race, and it was raining, and, and it was more than three miles, wasn't it? It was almost four, four. miles. It was three point nine four miles, but there was a lot of elevation. It was in the rain. It was completely muddy. Like people were losing their shoes. I got stuck a couple of times, um, and I didn't do a lot of research, so I should have prepared a little bit more. But I figured that since I climb three times a week, most of the the obstacles I wouldn't have a problem with. And I was pretty much right. It was a ton of fun. I wish that I would have trained a little bit more on some of my upper body strength, just like some muscles that I don't really use. I actually strained my bicep. Um, but overall, it was good. And now I really want to do one or two or three next year. So I guess the interesting thing about this is I just wanted to become a little bit more disciplined, and so I started running. And I knew that because I didn't like running, I needed something to run for, and signed up for the Spartan Race, and that gave me the, I guess, inspiration and momentum to, and it had a deadline. So it was like, if I don't do this, it's really going to suck. Might not work for everyone if you're not competitive, but I had paid for the race, and I don't know. What do you think about that, Dan? About having a deadline for stuff? About having a deadline, being like actually invested in it in order to meet. I think that I think it would work if it was like what you did. Like you had it was like do or die. You had to. It was weeks away. You had to run. <laughs> Or you were going to make a fool of yourself. But I I did a similar thing. And I think we were very different people. So that also plays into it. But I signed up for a half marathon years ago. And like I paid for it. It was like 
200 bucks. I paid for it and I was running. I was not training for a half marathon by any means. I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and I didn't run it, but that's, I think that's because that was like four months in advance. I was like, okay, I think the ideal training time for like a half marathon is like two months or something like that. 12 weeks, three months. Um, what? A lot of different numbers. Well, 12, the one that I had was a 12 week training program, but I signed up just like too far in advance for that to not work for me. But I'm also not as... I don't know, not as driven as Zach is, I guess, and not, I mean, I'm competitive in some things, but not really in that, and I didn't train right, and I I didn't do it, so I think that can work in some instances and for some people, but not like an across-the-board type of situation. Hmm. Well, yeah, I think you're, I think you're probably right. I did find it very effective for me, and now... Because you didn't have time to dilly-dally. Like, you had no time to waste. You had to do it. You had to do it every day or you were going to fail. So, like, if you had signed up six months ago for this specific race, you may have made excuses for certain days and not trained as hard as you did. That's very possible. Yeah, I think that's very possible. I do I I do find myself like thinking about Spartan races more. It it had it was never on my radar before. Like I had just been like, oh, obstacle course races, tough mudder, weird people, dirt, like, okay, cool. You're cool. Um but after doing it, I read the book, I did the race, and there's some people there that I just generally don't like. How do you know that? I'm very good at judging people. Oh, my gosh. You look at them, nope. INTJ. Oh, my gosh. And I'm generally right in my judgments, and you have agreed with me. I mean, on yeah, some occasions. I will give people... A ample opportunity to prove my judgment wrong, <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, you know, there's always like those weird people in in groups and and Spartan races. I guess obstacle course races are definitely like a cult, like CrossFit, or can become cultish, like CrossFit. Not that CrossFit is a cult, but can become cultish. I'm going to join that cult. <laughs> Well, I think that it's it's good because once you feel like part of a tribe, you feel like you sh- you share their values and you are now part of something that's bigger than yourself and you're all working towards this together and you like support each other and you have this group um that you're a part of, like a group identity, I guess. And so, yeah. Now they have this challenge called the trifecta. If you run three races, you get a special medal. And it's not, I don't know. It's just like, I never, ever, ever thought that I'd get into something like this. This is your CrossFit. Now I'm in it. And I had a ton of fun. Like, it was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, Yeah, so... If you find yourself stuck 
in a rut like I was. I actually, well, actually to bring it back, I had started focusing on eating right and exercising because I was depressed for how how long, hun? A while. Probably, I mean, you quit smoking in July or right after your birthday, I think, maybe in June. And I don't know, before that, it was a while. So probably, I think that I'm just like coming out of it, but probably from, we'll say, March until just a a month or two ago was like pretty depressed and I don't know, just like mental fog and stressed and so I decided to take some measures and it just feels good to accomplish something, you know? Mm-hmm. So if if you are if you find yourself stuck in a rut, sign up for something with a deadline, train for it and and do it. Because like we've mentioned before, all of the areas of life affect each other and gen the the easiest one, the most hands on one is the most like uh physical which makes sense but that does affect like physical health affects your mental health, affects your emotional health, um, which then in turn affects your your spiritual health and your social health and relational health. So, yeah, I would just say push yourself a little bit if you're stuck in a rut. Um, set a deadline and do something that makes you get out of your comfort zone. You might surprise yourself. Good. All right. Do you have any recommendations, hon? Um, uh, I think, I mean, I had a list of small businesses, but I don't have them off the top of my head. I'll, I'll share them in the show notes. Um, just some of my favorite small businesses that I like to support, but especially around the holidays because... Being a small business owner, which I meant to talk about this before, when I was doing handmade, when I was knitting stuff, it was like, real for real, it was like really exciting every single time I got an order. It was like, it made me so happy and it was like, I don't know, just the best feeling in the world to get that support and to know that like the things that I designed and that I'm making, someone wants to wear these or put this on their kid or, you know, so when you're... There's like that thing that is going around that says when you support a small business, an actual human does a happy dance, and that's like so true. So just it's near and dear to my heart. So I will post – I will like share a list, or you can go on one of my recent Instagram posts. I I tag them all there, but I'll also share in the show notes too. Cool. Anything oh, one, else? Any one other? more thing. Yeah. Okay, so we got this. Cookie decorating kit from Trader Joe's. It was like, I don't know how much it was, but um, we got, I got it from, I got it today and we did it tonight. It was really fun. I think, well, Forrest had a lot of fun. Fernie just put her toppings on and then ate them off and asked for more toppings. 
but um yeah it was fun i recommend that or i mean if you're more crafty then i recommend just baking the cookies and doing it all yourself but decorating cookies is fun did you ever do that trader joe's giveaway yeah i did someone won i just gotta go shopping for it oh fun yeah any shows any music oh we have our christmas playlist i will link to it in the show notes yeah we'll do our playlist one or two songs from it yeah gosh um we want it to be perfect. What shows? Uh, I, I love watching, I mean, of course, Christmas movies, but Harry Potter is like my Christmas time series. I love watching all the Harry Potter movies at this time of year and also the classic Christmas movies. But, like, I really like The Family Stone and The Holiday. Um, There's a couple other ones, but I love Christmas movies. <laughs> what about you? Well, I just finished uh, Atomic Habits for the Third Time by James Clear. That was very good. I recommend that book. Another book that I just finished is The Ruthless Elimination The Ruth <clears throat> The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I have so much spit in my mouth. It's so hard to pronounce words. Do you need a drink of water? <laughs> Maybe. Have you ever seen that that video meme of pastors when they drink water during their sermon and he just like takes the water bottles like <laughs> it's like so fast. That's what Zach just did. Okay, anyways. Oh, it wasn't that fast. <laughs> but yeah, I just finished The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Cormer and that was pretty good. Hannah has mentioned the podcast Bridgetown Church Audio. Life changing. For and real. I have I'm I, I'm proud of you, hun. I I found something that you like, <laughs> and you stuck with it. Yep, I did. The fir- what was the first one that you had me listen to? It was I think it was just about hurrying. Yeah, it was like the very first one. And you're like, maybe just listen to this. This is a good one. And then I just went down a rabbit hole, and now I'm like waiting until they post their next one. Well, normally, I love it. Every every day, I wake Hannah up at I wake Hannah up. We don't need to say what time. <laughs> I was up until two last night with a teething baby who was screaming at me. And then a couple of minutes later, I come and wake her up again. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> and I set up my iPad and get it, everything ready for her to have a successful morning routine and listen to something well i don't listen to it in the morning i only listen to it when i'm taking a shower which is almost always at night because i don't have i don't have time to listen to a whole thing when i'm getting ready in the morning so i i do it in the shower and it's like just the best time because it's i get to be alone i don't have a baby attached to my boob and i get to be by myself and i get to listen to something talk into the microphone sorry sorry and i get to listen to something that is filling me up and it's just the best situation. So that's another one of my recommendations. All of their like most recent series. I think the first thing that I ever listened to them was back when we were coming home from Hawaii. And we listened to their series on Sabbath. I don't know if it was a series or if it was just one. But I was like, that was like the, my first thing I ever listened to by them. And then their most recent series on, like, I think they're calling it their unhurrying series. 
It's so good. I recommend the unhurrying one to start with and then the case for digital asceticism. That's the other one that like just like changed my life. So And we haven't been using the laptop in the room, which is a good thing. Yeah. So there's a couple of things that I'd recommend kind of based on that in developing a digital rule of life and having a successful morning ritual for me is not sleeping with my phone, buying a real alarm clock, charging my phone in a different room, and then the first thing that I do is start my day with just silence and solitude and stretching, and then go for a run, listen to the Bible, and come back, and then, you know, yeah, it's just, it's really nice, but the whole thing totally derails if you sleep with your phone, and the first thing you do is start scrolling, because then you, I will not stretch, I will not go for a run, and then my whole morning's thrown off. And it's just a disaster. I have started doing that too, like not even touching my phone when I get out of bed. And it's been helping me so much just to like not because usually I like pick up my phone and I have notifications. I have text messages from people. I have messages on WhatsApp from people that I you work with. You start the with. day and you're already behind. Yes. You start the day and you're already behind. And that's the first thing you see. And it's put so much pressure on. And then it's like so much stress and that affects my mood and the way that I talk to my kids. And then I'm like, I'm not even ready for the day. I'm already behind on this and this and this. I haven't responded to this person who texted me at 8 a.m. Eastern, but now it's 8 a.m. my time. And it's not even, it's been four hours. You know, it's like so much stress. But it's like if I don't even pick up my phone, I don't have to know that I'm behind (laughs) until later. Yeah. It's just like the worst that he said that in the podcast. And I was like, that's so true. It is the worst way to start. Like you think I'm just going to see what's up on Instagram, but then you get bombarded with all these things. And it's like, no, that is the worst way for you to start your day. So if you start anywhere, I would say just start with that. Just do not pick up your phone when you first wake up in the morning. Yeah. Charge it in a different room by an alarm clock or have your lovely husband wake you up. Well, I mean, I still... the. Because I have to, I'm like up lit. <laughs> I still have my phone before I go to bed because I play this game before I go to bed because I'm feeding Finley. And I play the game when I'm feeding Finley. But I set it underneath my shelf on the side and then I don't touch it. So, but yeah, start, start just with something small. Just don't pick it up in the morning. Start with that. Realize how much goodness that's bringing into your life. And then you can move on to other more ambitious things. Yeah, like one of the things is, and I appreciate you for this, is I ask that we don't have the laptop in our room. Yes. And we don't watch Netflix on our bed. Because, but there's a lot of studies that have shown if you want to sleep good, keep blue light away from your eyes for at least an hour before bedtime. Don't do anything else in your bed besides sleep. Because then once you get in your bed, you'll be telling your brain, now it's time to go to sleep. If you get in bed and you watch Netflix for three hours, then, yeah, it's going to be hard to go to sleep. Because that's what your brain's going to tell you. Hey, we've got to watch this show. And then 
your brain is also like, oh my gosh, it must still be daylight because what is all this light coming from? And the, okay, one thing about the Netflix. So when I, we first had Finley, I would watch like Gilmore Girls or Friends or something like during the late night feedings because that's just like, I don't know, the nighttime, like when Zach goes to bed, that's just like when my anxiety starts of like being alone, being the only one to take care of this human and all that. And when you like first have a baby, I don't know, it just has always been really hard for me. So I had that like to look forward to. So Zach would go to bed and I'm like, okay, well, at least I can watch friends, <laughs> you know, and it just made it all a little bit easier. So we, st- that was just the habit we got in was I had that Zach would watch until he went to sleep and then I would watch until Finley went to sleep. And then in the middle of the night when she woke up, then I would put on an episode of Friends when I fed her so that I wasn't alone because I had friends. Um, and, but then it's like, okay, that habit is not really serving me anymore. So I need to, so we, I leave my computer out in the living room or in the office and I just watch something and then when I'm done I close it and then I go in my room and it's like that's not like my bed is for sleeping it's not for it's also difficult too because we have different bedtimes so I think that that's been like a major win for us is to not watch Netflix in our bed because I go to bed maybe like two and a half hours before Hannah no no, like an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And the only reason that I'm up late, if I'm not working, which I haven't been in the last couple of days, is because of Finley. So it's tricky. I don't really have a bed, like a set bedtime, which I know I should, but I don't. Well, anyways, what I would recommend is don't watch Netflix in your bed and charge your phone outside of your room and get an alarm clock. Those have been awesome and have helped a lot. Yep. Oh my gosh, we're one hour in and she's finally fallen asleep. Yeah, I'm rocking her in the bouncer with my foot and she's still sleeping even with us talking. It's a miracle. We should just do a second episode. <laughs> no, I got other stuff to do. Yeah, I've got to like go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in and putting up with us. A- With us rambling, we will get back into the groove of your regularly scheduled program and hopefully be a little bit more thoughtful and intentional with our topics. What do you think, hon? Yeah, I like where this one went, but it was different than what I was originally planning. I feel like that's what kind was of your like plan originally? I had no I'm just plan. Kinda, okay, so I know my plan was I wanted to talk about small businesses. I mentioned this two weeks ago. I I was like, babe, here's what we do. Our first episode back, we talk about what's been going on the last couple months since we've been doing the podcast, and then our second episode back, let's talk about small businesses and Christmas and stuff. So I didn't really have a plan, but I like where this one went. So I'm not sorry. <laughs> Are you going to do the next Spartan race with me? No, but I am going to start CrossFit. All right. Well, we've both joined a new cult, so. I think that I feel like in the beginning of us recording this podcast, we talked about, like, we made fun of CrossFit. I'm pretty sure. 
Oh, we did. And now here we are. We definitely no. Not only did we make fun of CrossFit. This is the con- the interesting thing about listening to a podcast for so long. Is people change? <laughs> because we also made fun of setting physical. Go- I specifically made fun of setting physical goals. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Twenty nine. All right. Catch you on the flip side. Peace out. Oh, happy trails.